Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we'd like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose and our series, The Life. And this is program number four. And this is actually, once again, we're going to tie back into leprosy like we did on the last program. Um, And before we get going, Susan, would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you for um, the opportunity to discuss and to examine the life of Christ. We pray that um, you will uh, provide us the um, the heart necessary to see the things that you would have us to teach and um, just send your spirit to be with all who are listening as, and with us as well. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, last time we talked about the cleansing of the temple and the parallel between the human mind and the temple and... Uh, um, it's, it's kind of, it's interesting because, uh, I, I kind of default back to, um, when we're talking about Jesus cleansing our temple, in other words, coming in and, and, and helping us deal with resentments and anger and fear and all that kind of stuff that. To root out all that stuff that grows inside of our minds. Right. Then I always drop back to. The metaphor about the farmer and 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 the, and the farmer he does those things that encourage the growth, mm-hmm. keep the weeds out, dust mm-hmm. for pests, water, mm-hmm. but the growth is still a miracle. And it's the same thing with cleansing of the temple. We let Jesus in, we do those things that encourage the spiritual growth, love others, uh, you know, read good spiritual content. Stuff and I th- and I think too is you know going to Jesus and being completely honest about where our, um you know where our fears are where our angers come from you know we all recognize that we have um you know things in our lives that need changing and a lot of yeah. time you know we need to <clears throat> have that power outside of us to help us to recognize and to change things. Yeah, we're infected with a we're infected with. Fear and it manifests itself in selfishness. I mean, we saw that in the Garden of Eden, when when God, when Adam's running from God, mm-hmm. and, and God says, "Who told you were naked?" and and Adam says, "The woman that you gave me." Mm-hmm. Everybody in the room's guilty but me, mm-hmm. and so we inherited that. Uh, once humanity fell, once humanity uh, fell and became guilty of breaking trust with God. We've been running from him ever since, and all he's been wanting to do is come in and give us peace and come in and cleanse our temple, and we've kept the door shut. Right, and I think a lot of it has to do with the very um, Christian community that is supposed to be an example to the world as to who God is. I think a lot of times we can cause that fear to occur in individuals because we um, maybe give the incorrect picture of who God is. You know, we picture God as... Um, somebody who is going to get you 
and he's going to get his vengeance and he's and he's going yeah. to get you when in fact his vengeance is to win you to him is yeah. to heal you it's you know that's you. that's the point god wants to heal us he doesn't you know we're not uh, he's not trying to get us into trouble. We're already in trouble. Yeah, we're already in trouble. He, he wants to tend to take vengeance out on our disease, our infection of fear is, and selfishness. Right, which is sin. And not to, on us. And, and to right us because we're wrong against and, God. Yeah. And so many times we say that, you know, he he is this angry, vengeful, going to burn you in hell forever type of a God when he's like, come to me, I, I would like to heal you. And that's the whole purpose of, of the life, Yeah, is to come and show us God in human flesh. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting concept. What mm-hmm. is just and right, if you see somebody that's just stepped off a chair and hung themselves, and you walk into the room and they're still alive, what is the just thing to do? Is to free them from their noose. Right. Right? That's justice. Right. You know, Isaiah says, justice is to uh, take care of the widow. And the orphan. Right. That's justice. Right. That's what God's justice looks like. God's justice is to not condemn David, but win him over to where he can write Psalms 51 after he's committed sin and committed murder and where he's converted David back over where David writes a psalm that says, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Now he's got a murderer and an adulterer begging for a clean heart and a right spirit. And that's that's just amazing what God can do to the human heart. Right, because I think um, God says, you know, my ways are not like yours. And I think that has to go with, you know, our type of human vengeance is we want we want payback. We want we want to be you know, we want to to have things um, someone to get exactly what we got. And God is saying that is not how it works in my universe. My universe does not is a recreation. It's a creation. It's a restoration. It's a bringing back to life. It is not a destructive. God is not a destructive force. Jesus came. I said, I didn't come to condemn. I came to save. And the woman that was thrown down in adultery, he runs her accusers off all the while protecting their reputation, and then he says, neither do I condemn you. And that's why I think that that's the biggest thing that is happening to be against God right now is that we give the wrong picture of God, therefore people are afraid of God. That's They're afraid of God, and, and, and he's he, the only one that can help us. He's the only one that can save us. Yeah. Um, so, in, so last time we talked about the leper that was healed and how Jesus had the leper go to the priests and have them check him out and then pronounce him clean. And we talked about how important it was that the priest didn't know who healed him so that they could make an unbiased diagnosis. And I believe the priests were convinced of the power of Jesus. I really do. I I agree with you. And I think that they all had the opportunity to embrace the light, but many many of them rejected it. But the light wasn't given in vain because I also believe that many hearts were moved even though it didn't show at that time. And in Acts 6, 7, um, uh, the Bible says, after his ascension, a great number of the priests were obedient to the faith. Right. See, and so I think that's a good lesson for you and I is that we never, we cannot judge someone else's heart condition. It, it's not about the harvest. It's right. about the seeds that you plant. Absolutely. That, and keep looking at people through the eyes of God. Yeah. I mean, think about how God, through the stoning of Stephen and all the other stuff that went on, was working on Paul's heart. Right. So that when he finally knocked him off his horse, all those dots connected. Right. Wow, this is the same thing that Jesus guy said. Father, forgive them. 
And see, what I think was different for Paul at that time is he saw himself as a righteous, upright person before his um, encounter with Jesus. But And after his encounter in, with Jesus, he, sound, he found himself to be broken. Yeah. And then I'm just going to give a little plug for Rich. He doesn't know I'm doing this, but we have a, he did a song and a video that's going to be coming out soon, or it might already be out by the time this airs, called Broken People. And it's how do we go through life? Can we go through life seeing people through the eyes of Jesus? Yeah, it's... Uh, it's good. I think it's a pretty good song. Yes, um, we'll give so, more information as we Yeah, I'm not sure along. when it's going to be released, but it'll be released soon. Yeah. Uh, it's called Broken People anyway. Uh, yep. it's a sol- I, we're doing a solo album here that'll be coming out here soon. Right. But this will come out as a single. Yeah. yeah. Okay, thanks for the yeah. plug. Appreciate it. Uh, the work of Jesus... In cleansing the leper from his disease is an illustration or a metaphor of his cleansing us all from sin. Now, the Bible says the man who, who came to Jesus was, quote-unquote, full of leprosy. Its deadly viral poison permeated his whole body. The disease tried, tried preventing Jesus from touching him, but, or I'm sorry, the disciples tried preventing Jesus from touching him, but because a person who touched a leper became unclean himself. But when Jesus laid his hands upon the leper, the leprosy was cleansed. And that is the way it is with the leprosy of sin. It's deep-rooted, deadly, and it's impossible to be cleansed by human power. You know, like in Isaiah uh, 1, verses 5 and 6, Isaiah says, The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint from the sole of the foot, even unto the head. There is no soundness in it but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. And and so for Isaiah to say that the whole head is sick um do we all do we apply that to everybody else? Oh, wait, spe- you, yeah, you, it, you bet. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's talking about those guys, See those that people person there. over there. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what Jesus is saying, we're all the same. Right. Humanity is the same. I don't care if you you live on a mountain with a heliport or you live underneath the bridge over here in downtown Sacramento or where you live, what you do for a living, we all have a condition, and that is we're infected with fear, and we do whatever we can to numb the pain, whether it, whatever that may be, whatever we gravitate to. And one of the last resorts that we gravitate to is God, mm-hmm. right? Right. So Jesus' very presence, that had, that, it had healing virtue, virtue in it for the sinner. Whoever will come to Jesus totally trusting him and asking him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. We'll hear the answer, I will be thou made clean, Matthew 8, 2, and 3. But we need to ask. Absolutely, because it is is God's will to cleanse us from sin, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything in his, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whoever we, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. That's 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And then again in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah, Jesus taught the same truth when he healed that paralyzed man at Capernaum. It was also to manifest his power to forgive sins that that miracle was performed. The healing of the paralyzed man illustrates other truths, too. 
it is it, it's full of hope and encouragement, and it has a lessening lesson of warning to us as well. Right, and so we're going to get into this other story because just like the leper, we're, we're going to talk about the paralyzed man, and he had lost all hope of recovery. His disease probably couldn't possibly came from a result of his life of sin. And that's why the forgiveness was so important in the story to him. Yeah, so you can read that into the story when when you see Jesus forgive the guy. But the, the interesting thing about the paralyzed man and, and about the leper is they're both numb, mm-hmm. you see. And the Bible is constantly drawing that parallel. The wages of sin is death. In other words, you head down that road, you become numb. You become so numb that we actually turn down God's love willingly, mm-hmm. say, no, thank you. I right. don't want your forgiveness. No, thank you. I don't need you any longer. And we become number and number and number. And, and I think, too, I think that the nature of sin causes our human brains to say, I don't deserve it anyway. So I think there's a lot of people out there that may reject God, but I think there's a lot of people out there that think that God would reject them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and, and, and I think that's where we came in when we were doing drugs. It's like, how could somebody like me do as much damage and as much breaking the law as I did and yet still be accepted and forgiven? Yeah. Have anybody want to be in the same room with me, let alone God? And let alone a perfect God. And so I think that that's part of what we are supposed to do is we are supposed to reach out and to offer people hope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and there was a story, uh, uh, I was listening to it, uh, uh, podcast, and it was this guy who was telling a story about a man that lived down by the river in a tar paper shack. And as he told this story, he told about the about the man that had that lived in this tar paper shack, and the, about the man that had a the man had a stroke, and so then they took him into the hospital, and they found that he was also paralyzed, and that. It, that he was, his flesh had turned black, and so they amputated one leg, and then the flesh had turned back black on the other leg, and they had to amputate, and they began amputating, and he was wasting away, and he was paralyzed. And then the speaker that was telling the story said that this was his father, Mm. that he watched the paralyzed man, just because he had lost all hope, Mm -hmm. and he, it it just, it, it, it tore him up to watch as he just got consumed by paralysis. Right. And have you seen ever seen anybody be consumed by paralysis between the ears? An addict that just cannot pull out of it. And it just, it consumes us to the point where we become number and number and number. And the next thing you know, we don't want to be reached. And I think that that is one of the things that we try to communicate when we, whether we're going into the prison at Folsom Prison or when we're doing our radio programs right now, is that we know that almost every person out there is either struggling with addiction or knows somebody that is struggling right. with addiction. And our whole thing is to say is that we were that paralyzed person with the amp- amputees were right, you know, we're coming right around the corner, but, but it, but for the love of God, you know, that would have been us. But because of the love of God, we have been able to be um, recreated and recover and to live a life that's a good life and to have a successful marriage and to have a successful, peaceful life, that it is possible. And think about the parallels here that Jesus is drawing between leprosy and between a paralyzed man. And ask yourself the question, does sin, does selfishness 
if you really think about it, does it have a paralyzing effect on a human being? Because if we don't believe that it does, then the warning, the wages of sin is death, is not for us. Right. It's for it's someone else. Yeah. B- but the problem is, is there's already a paralyzing effect going on. Right. Right? So did your past life paralyze you? It, I There was, you know, when, when I looked at, when I, as I was living my life, there was absolutely no way out. There was so much guilt and so much shame that, you know, I, I, I got to the point where I believed that I deserved the life that I was living, that I, there was no hope for me in that. Um, because of, of the who I was as a person, that's what I deserved. And that, and I think that we need to recognize, I know that I've recognized and I've learned that, that that's a lie. It, it's very similar to the way that the Pharisees looked at you. Absolutely, because the Pharisees said that disease was evidence of God's displeasure. And they were standoffish from the sick and the needy. Most of the time, we will find that the ones who think that they are the holiest are the guilty, are, are more guilty than the people that they condemn, right? See, yeah. And, and see, the, this, this paralyzed man was completely helpless. And seeing that no one could help him, he'd sunk into despair. Have you been so paralyzed? Just because you think that no one else on the planet understands you, that can have a paralyzing effect on a person, too. Um, You know, that's why 12-step groups work so well. Right. They're all speaking the same language. They're all in it to do one thing, and that is to cleanse the mind from all the stuff. The drinking, the drug abuse is the symptom of the disease. Right. The disease is what is going on in the mind that causes you to drink. Right, because we always and and what do you always say? You don't have a problem being a drinker. No, right? I don't I don't I, I I I'm not a problem drinker. I'm a problem sober. Right. I can't live inside my own sin scober. Right. You had sober. no problem drinking. No, no problem drinking. Right. Didn't do that, no problem. Right. And so so the, yeah, drinking is not the alcoholic's problem. The problem is is when he sobers up. Right. Then there's no peace. There's resentment, anger, fear, all that stuff going on in his mind, and he wants to numb that. And it's the same thing with God. God is saying, you know, it's it's the sin that that is causing the problem, right? Yeah. It's everything else is a manifestation exactly. of that. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And so this the twelve step groups or or other groups that get together with people of like mind and they they speak that same language. That's very therapeutic and it's very helpful, and it uh, it just works because they are doing like the farmer those things that encourage the growth, but allowing the miracle to happen. And and the part the way that they stay clean and sober. And I tell you what, everybody, if you ever want to want to feel better, go and help somebody because that's <laughs> and that's what yeah. you do when you go to a twelve step program. You're there to help the person that has one yeah. day less clean and sober than you are. You, it's it's a community of, of help. It's real Christianity in practice. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've been helped by someone. I mean, Susan and I have 23 years clean and sober. We're helped more by someone that has one year clean and sober because now we see stuff that we never saw before. Right. And, and so everybody helps everybody. Right. In this environment. Absolutely. And I think that those are, are those are like design principles from yeah. God. They, you know, it's 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 not about I need and I will take. It's about what do you need and what can I give you to yeah, help you? And exactly. then you get what you need. God exactly. provides. So it's just like with this man, he had told others that as sick and as helpless as he was, that he had been healed and even the lepers had been cleansed. 
And so his friends who told him of these things encouraged him to believe that Jesus, too, might cure him if he could be carried to Jesus. Okay, I wonder at this point if I if he thought he might have been too messed up even for Jesus. Did he want physical restoration as much as he wanted forgiveness? We don't know. Did he think that if he could only just see Jesus and receive the assurance of forgiveness and peace with heaven, he would have been content to live or die according to God's will? In other words, was the paraly- was the fact that he was paralyzed the big deal, or was there stuff going on in his mind, and if he could just get the peace, he would have been fine? We don't know, but it's just an interesting thing to think about. Absolutely. Did he take another look at his decaying flesh and say to himself, it's now or never? Ah. You know, he asks, so he has to ask his friends to carry him on his bed to Jesus, and you know what? They did it gladly. But the crowd around the house where Jesus was, it was just impossible for the sick man and his friends to reach Jesus or even come within range of hearing of his voice. Yeah. Now think about this. If the man's friends don't participate, this guy never gets to see Jesus. We're all enlisted to help one another to get closer to Jesus. That's our duty. Um, And it's it by doing so it helps us get the clutter out of the way that separates us from God and i th- but i do think i just want to say that i do think that there's times where we think we may be helping but we may be enabling so i know that there's a lot of people out there that want to um help addicts and think they're helping them addicts and sometimes it's not help yeah. It can be the opposite. Well, yeah. So well, we just need to kind of... Yeah, remember, enabling or codependency means you're doing something for someone that could and should do it themselves. Right. It's just like, you know what, had it like had it not been for the, for the police, had it not been for my probation officers, had it not been for the consequences of going to jail time and time again, I guarantee you I would not be alive today. Right. The conse- you had to have consequences. I had to have consequences to my actions. And I had to understand that what I was doing was wrong. Yeah, and see, success from, comes from experience, and experience comes from not making mistakes, but walking through those mistakes... With in a learning, prop, yeah. With learning from them. Right. Right? And so we had to, Susan and I both had to admit we had made mistakes and then walk through, I mean, you know, filing, learning how to file taxes, learn how to do this, learn how to do that. We had to learn so many things. Right. Good hygiene. Right. Uh, just, it's crazy <laughs> what we had to proper learn. proper food. Yeah, yeah, all that Pay stuff. Pay bills, all those things. Yeah. So anyway, you know, uh, the... Um, the his friends take him to this house and they lower him down to the house and they um they know that they're around spies and everything but um um they needed to take him there but there were a lot of people they felt no sense of a need and so the healing wasn't there for them so i just thought that's very that's interesting. interesting because we what qualifies us our, our need, need right right um, the person that doesn't need help doesn't go to the doctor, right? Right. And he could have something wrong with him, but if he's going to maintain he has nothing wrong with him, the next thing you know, he will be consumed by, you know, whatever disease he has that he maintains he doesn't have. Right. The next thing you know, that will get him. You know, a lot of times, the, the especially sometimes the women in prison or we get phone calls, and it's like, just be honest. Yeah. Talk to God as though you're talking to a friend and tell him you're angry or tell him you're upset or or just be honest with him. He wants that line of communication to be open, that yeah. honesty to be there. Yeah, just like when you go to a doctor, you tell him where it hurts. 
Right. The doctor will tell you what's wrong. Right. You just tell him where it hurts. And our prayers should be that way. I mean, if if there's things that we, the way we're reacting to people we don't like, or there's things that that there's buttons that people can push on mm-hmm. us, tell God where it hurts. Right. He'll tell you why. Right. He will give you the experience and the way to. And and God's very gentle. He's a gentleman. Right. Uh, he's he's not going to give you more than you can bear in that. But regard. he helps us to get resolution. Yeah, we get resolution. We get peace in dealing with that infection of fear. Right. That's how we deal with it. Right. Uh, is take it all to God, and He will clear it up. And He'll in, and He'll cleanse you, just yeah, like He did with a paralyzed in, man. In His time, remember, yeah. we do the things that encourage the growth. The growth is still a miracle. Folks, you can give us a call at 916-645-1297. We have resources and all kinds of good stuff. So give us a call. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could it be this simple, the way out of your prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.